I get, I, I, let's say it that way, I just couldn't get out of my own way in the race. Hello everyone, happy Monday. It is November 20th, crazy how time flies. We are back in Sittard in the Netherlands from a weekend in France that we we went there for the World Cup. And we are here for another episode of the Muddy Mondays. Today we will talk about the infamous training that we did with the Balois team of Svennis, we will talk about the Trek World Cup, and we have a few questions from the audience. But first... The, the, Trois, the Trois World Cup. Sorry. Not the Trek World Cup. Oh, sorry. But it was the Trek World Cup on Wednesday at the training. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. But you're right, it is the Trois World Cup in France. But first, David, what about this episode? This particular episode is brought to you by our friends at Lactigo. Lactigo, I mean, it's a cream. You put it on your legs, helps you recover, helps you go faster, uh, basically buffers lactate for you. We, they first reached out to us, must have been a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, um, and they sent us a bunch of product. And we were like, ah, whatever, this cream. We like set it on. We put it in the basement somewhere and we just said, ah, whatever, this cream. And then at some point, I kept bugging you, hey, try that cream. You should probably just try that cream. At least out of respect for these folks who send us the cream, try the cream. Then what happened? I tried the cream. We were going for a one-hour full gas and trying to set my record on a one-hour time trial. So I said, I'll put the cream. Nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. And I did my best ever 60 minutes. I was, I felt so good. <laughs> so then that was it for me. I started using it from that point on. And so Lactigo, um, it, it's a gel. It's a transdermal uh, lactate buffer. You put it on. It doesn't leave your leg gross. Or I, I actually put it on after the shower and it's just like lotion, basically. Um, it's, it doesn't leave your, your leg gross. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't burn. Nothing like that. They have a version with menthol, which helps with recovery. It's a little cooler. We use it sometimes in warm races as well. Um, but so this week, they are doing something kind of crazy. They're giving away a hundred Lactigo bottle, not like samples. The, like the, the bottle. The product itself. They're giving away a hundred bottles to the listeners of this podcast. Um, for free. For free. You pay the shipping. And it's not like they're trying to screw you with $30 shipping. I tried it myself. It's very cheap shipping. Uh, it's a couple dollars. It's not even 10 bucks. So it's a couple dollars to ship the bottle at your house. Uh, so try it. Try it. How do you go? How do people try it? They use the code MUDDY. They need to go to what website? Lactigo.com. Use the code MUDDY at checkout or use lactigo.com slash MUDDY. It bring you, brings you directly to the page. Um, we'll put the links up in the show notes as well. There's a couple thousand listeners of these podcasts, so Hurry 100 up. bottle For might free. go fast. Free 99, literally. So get on it, people. Lactigo.com slash MUDDY. All right. Thank you, Lactigo. Now... Let's jump right in with the fun stuff. We have some fun stuff and some not so fun stuff this week. So the fun stuff, the training, um, it was awesome. 
We went to the famous Lichtart. They, they, they probably don't pronounce it that way, but <laughs> Lichtart. Lichtart. I don't know. Lichtart Forest in Belgium. Uh, it was pretty cool. We met up. Um, so first of all, thank you to the, the team, to Lucinda first for inviting us. But she first had, she had to ask Sven and she had to ask her trainer, Paul Vandenbosch. So thank you also to Sven and Paul for accepting us uh, and the whole team because everyone was super welcoming and friendly. It was cool for like different than what we see, right? So we showed up there They every, every, every week. They meet up 30 minutes before the training starts at some kind of hotel restaurant and there's a room that's reserved for them so everyone parks there they bring their bike they bring their bags and there's a little coffee and pastries for people before the training they hang out there and then we get on the bikes and we ride to the forest do the full training um and then yeah in flemish in flemish yeah <laughs> luckily they had sent us the lucinda sent me the training the night before but it was still written in flemish so she translated it for us so then we could know a little bit better uh but yeah for like just trying to structure my thoughts so the 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 setup in which they train it's pretty fun so as i said like they meet up at this place we go for the training one of the one of the soigneurs, I think, drives the car to the forest while, like, all the riders, we ride there with Sven, but there's a soigneur that drives there with bottles for everyone, um, and they park over there, and from there, we do the training. When the training is done, everyone rides back there and take a shower, and they all have a meal, a team meal together at that same little restaurant. So it was kind of cool to see the setup. Like, it felt very professional, I thought. Yeah, it's also, we've stayed in one of these, I think, I don't think we have the equivalent of that in America or not as, not that I know of, you know, like these little Huff, I think they call them here, like when we stayed at Huff, they're coming and these little, they're like guest houses or bed and breakfast with yeah, a dozen rooms, but like a buffet room, a conference room, like showers and and bunches of horses and pigs and <laughs> like these little farmhouse that you can rent. And there's a ton of those. Like you can, some people spend their whole winter uh, based out of, of these. And and actually there, most of these I think are associated with teams. So the one that we stayed in the, in the past, we spent the winter in one of these uh, type of huff and it was the uh, rally and the EF uh, teams that were storing their stuff there and that were doing their workouts just like Sven's group out of this place. So they yeah. would meet there, have, and, and we know that, that the Powell Salzen, they do the same thing. They, cause Hilde who was there used to cook for the Powell Salzen and yeah. it's, it's a different culture. We don't do that. You know, we'll meet at a coffee shop and we're going to leave and then go at a restaurant, but we don't book a room or, we don't shower there. Like it, it's like the meal is not like when we finished the training and we came back. Like it's on the table. The meal was ready and it looked delicious. So it was just yeah. It's it's something we don't have, but it's pretty cool. It's hotel style, but much more cozy, much yeah. more human, like much more smaller, much smaller. So really, really fun. So first, that's the structure. Secondly, what did you? Can you tell people, Dave, about? I mean, we were. That team, us, we were there training, but we were not the only there ones. There was like maybe a dozen of you guys, 10, 12 riders of the Trek Balois, including the staff. But with the thing with the forest there is that on during the winter, it's a cyclocross 
facility. It becomes this park where like cyclocrossers have priority over walkers, over hikers, over dogs, over any like. And it's a big forest. It's a big forest. Yeah, there's big loops in there, and there's lots of tra lots of trails and sand traps, and pretty much all you could want to train for there's cyclocross. Even, yeah, there's stairs, there's barriers, yeah, there's uh, things to hop. Like it's really every as. Yeah, and so everything. I I got there a little bit before you guys because I drove the RV over in the parking lot with your bottles and your changing stuff and. When I got there, I was just in the parking lot, and one of the trails that people use goes right by the parking lot. And I saw Sana go by. I saw a bunch of Powell Sausen go by. I saw Lauren Sweet go by with a bunch of guys. Uh, I saw the Alpeson group, the 777, go, and everybody was just there, all doing slightly different version of some loops. Um, but yeah, just Ming, just everybody who's who's who of cyclocross was there, yep. and a bunch of fans too, which is crazy. People just there's it's this there's, public. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's public. Like it's like watching. this one little bump where I guess people gather, teams gather, and it's like the central point of the forest, if if you will. And there's people there with you know cameras and taking pictures and trying to talk to the riders, and and so it's. It's, it's all, I mean, I always say cyclocross is like hockey in Canada, in Belgium. And that's exactly, that's a good example of, you know, there's people going to watch the, the Montreal NHL team practice at their other arena on the South Shore. I don't know if it's free. I don't think you have to pay. I don't know if it's accessible all the time, but I know some people can go and watch and they just go there and they watch them practice. And it's the same thing for cyclocross. There was yeah. a bunch of fans there just watching you practice. So it, it was really cool to see that and experience it. And yeah, the fact that it's that the forest is closed, not closed, but that is like becomes a cyclocross forest every Wednesday. What that does, I mean, maybe it sounds like nothing, but the fact that the cyclocross racers have the priority means that you can do loops really full gas as fast as you want or as fast as you can without worrying that you might encounter a dog or someone walking or someone else on the bike. Like you, you There was only this like one Canadian dude running around <laughs> that seemed to be in the way a few times. We're wearing like a Rafa jacket to run around in the park, but, but I mean... Not, yeah, you were not in the way. It was, <laughs> it was fun. So yeah, so that's, that was like some of the cool stuff. And in terms of the training itself, it was just a really good session. I think one of the things that it made me realize that we talked about when we came back in the car is like it makes you understand a little bit why there are so many good cyclocross riders coming from that pocket like that area like if you're thrown into the deep end you're you'll figure it out you know and then like they they throw so many riders and there was well, no I, time to mess around it's like this is the workout go i think i think like a, a very specific example would be that some of the guys that Are, and I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know all of the guys that race cyclocross and I don't know all of the guys that are on trek. Like I know the, 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 the faster guys and the familiar faces, Lars and Joris and these guys. But so Thibaut, Lars, Thibaut Nis, Lars Vanderhaar and Joris were there and they were like, they, so they won basically the last couple of races. They're mm -hmm. the best in the world right now. And there was some of the Devo Trek riders or the younger junior U23 that are also on the Trek Balois. They were doing the same workout. They're like, a, they're on the same start. If it's four laps of the thing, a tempo, like Lars is going tempo, 
But I'm telling you, the dude in the back, he's being dropped at tempo. So he's full gas. You yeah. know? And so every week, maybe he goes a little further. Maybe he goes and does an extra lap. But he's out there riding with the best in the world. And he's probably 16 or 17 years old. You know, So that's something that for us, we don't have that those type of opportunities in North to America. To follow wheels, to yeah. follow... Like, the first few laps I did with Lucinda... I mean, first, I was a bit overwhelmed because they know it's always the same type of training. So they just know and... At first, I was like, oh, my God, oh, okay, we go here, oh, oh, okay. Like, it was kind of nonstop. So if you don't know, at first, it's a bit overwhelming. But at the same time, that's how you learn. And the first few loops that we were And doing, it's also cold. It's like, you don't want to fuck around, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's like, perfect let's that go, let's do a workout. <laughs> exactly. And it's perfect that we're not otherwise, like, doing what we did. If we take actual longer breaks and time to explain, it would take four hours. Yep. Like, now it's efficient. It takes two and a half hours, boom. But... Um, just in terms of being thrown in and figuring it out and learning quickly, like at first, the speed at which Lucinda was taking some of the turns and she knows, like she, because I told her at some point, I'm like, damn, like you're taking those turns so much faster than I ever imagined I could. Um, and eventually after doing the same loop a few times, I, f I figured it out and suddenly I was able to take it at the same speed on her wheel and she was saying like, yes, but of course I've been doing this for four years. Like every Wednesday I come. So of course I can do it. But still, like if you're someone learning and you get thrown in that, that environment, you have no choice but to step up. And so it's a really good way to, to learn. And yeah, I think it was a super fun workout. We had fun with those guys. They were super welcoming. And I think, yeah, it definitely pushed me. And I think she said she liked it too because she doesn't have the opportunity to follow wheels often. So she said that for her... It was good, and they invited us again next week. So we're we'll make more cookies again next week. Guys. Yeah, we brought we brought cookies. They they liked it. I think they like the maple candies better. We have we have a limited amount of maple candies that we brought. So I think they would deserve one. Yeah, maybe we give 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 them another one. So yeah, that was uh, definitely a highlight of last week. Um, yeah <laughs> it was the highlight of last week yeah as it was literally the only thing we did from monday to saturday yeah <laughs> and then on saturday anything else you want to say about this uh i mean i guess we had a question about yeah this we can workout. answer this question right away uh since we're in it we had a question uh coming from instagram that was asking us did we learn something at the Baloise training session that we will apply in our own training session um, I'll let you go first and then I'll, well, I'll give you my bit. I mean, for me, I, I realized that it's very similar to the type of trainings that we do at home when we decide to do cross training. The main difference was the environment. So the people that were there and the, the actual forest, we don't have anything at home that's as wide, as big that you can, like if we, if we do cross trainings together they're physical and we do loops that we go like progressively harder and harder like similar to what we did but it's not big enough that you can constantly have pressure on the pedals for a long that long amount of time so we usually will we'll do that with the technical aspect and then we'll do a workout on the road as well I think that the the environment and the forest that they have there allows you to do all together. So like long period of high pressure on the pedal, being able to to attack, being able to, to sprint, to do tempo while be, being in a trail. So it was kind of 
that we don't really have. Um, so I don't know that we learn necessarily something, but it's like, okay, like that's how they really do train at that really high speed. Like, and we like taking corners at that speed and being full gat, like we don't really have that. I think just to make clearer what you said, because it was a bit confusing, I yeah. think we do, we were, were to me, it, it was fun to see that we're structuring our workouts exactly the same way that they were doing it. Like they did some technically challenging stuff at the beginning to get warmed up. A uh, couple of sprints, a couple of starts, and then some repeats of cyclocross loops in groups, and and that was that. And that's exactly what we do at home for cyclocross training. But they do it on their course over there is over two kilometer long, yeah, and so it's well like said. two and a half kilometer long. When we set up a, a course at home, I mean, it's probably like we the longest we can do would be like a minute and a half, you know, not yeah. like four, five, six minutes courses we just don't have the type of trails or the access to these trails they don't close the forest they don't, for cyclocross they don't close our regional park <laughs> for cyclocross on a wednesdays maybe that's something i should look into <laughs> but um so that's the biggest difference and i think for me the other thing that that we learned and and we left that place and we're like uh, as soon as we got in the camper we're like wow it's cool to see that it's pretty much what we are doing yeah but just a little like you know, it, times two, like exponentially bigger because the force is bigger, the speed's faster, all that stuff. But also we left that place and, and we were wondering if we could recreate something like that at home. And then we realized there was probably six world champion in our group of 10. <laughs> you know? yeah. So so that makes up a lot of the training itself, you yeah. know, because the training Being itself is no rocket science, yeah. you know, like Paul's a super nice man. He's been Svenskold for 20 years. I had really good discussions with him. Super smart, man. super smart man. But very, there's nothing fancy or there's no 8.7 seconds at three millimole of your lactate. Like it's very down to earth, intelligent, like reality based coaching. Three loops. You know? <laughs> And, and that's that's what I like too. But when we do that at home and it's just you and I, it's just you and I. I Over there, when there's five like, world champions, well, it's just a whole other level of, of competition, you know, and improvement. So At home, so, and I think like we talked about that with Paul, like... We have Ben at home. What's up, Ben? Sometimes Ben comes, but if... Yeah, and that's awesome and when he comes. And not Ben Burden, Ben Simal. Yeah, and when Ben comes, it's awesome because otherwise I'm alone and believe it or not, when I'm alone, I always win. So it's, you're, I push as hard as I can, I think, but it's not the same thing. So ultimately, like, that's one of the big differences. And, and yeah, Paul mentioned it too. Yeah, Sven's, Sven's coach, Paul, or Lucinda's coach too now, he looked at me at some point and said, yeah, but uh, when you're alone, uh, you're always the fastest, huh? Yeah. So, so, so yep. that was good to, to hear from him. Exactly. And, yeah, I, I think like that sums up the training. One of the things that I found super cool was yeah, maybe that one thing that we learned, whatever, but I, that I think people will be interested in knowing is that it allowed me to understand the good chemistry that they have on this team. Um, it's I think it comes from these trainings and from this day that they spend together every week, having a full meal, riding together. Like it, it shows that they have a good chemistry and they, they all, they're all buddies. They're all like... 
having fun before, having fun after the rain. And like, it's, it's not really cool. Like it's not convenient for anyone yeah, to go there. You know, true. I think people are like, oh yeah, but they all live it's nearby. It's easy for them. No, they like, work no, hard. No, it's not. You know, it's it's easy for them. They're all over there. It's not at all. Like we drove hour fifteen to get there. Uh, Lars van der Haar drives two hours to get there. I Yogi's think. Yogi's drives yeah, two, two and, and a half, half hours. hours to get there. Flora, the other girl that was there, she drives same place as us, an hour and a half to get there every Wednesday. So it's not like it's easy for them. It's easier, yes, they don't have to fly across the pond, you know, and and be there. But it's still a commitment, you know. It's their whole day. They like make the it training happen. goes ten to one ish, and then they have lunch, and then they drive back home. So they leave home at seven. They get back home. It's five p.m. and that's a full day of work. You that's know, true. For so one it- training. So like. And and we'll do it sometimes at home. Like we're committed. We've done it in the past where you would want to train, say, with Catherine Pendrel when you start a mountain bike or with Leah Davison or with Katka or these. Like we would fly somewhere and be like, hey, we'll come and train with you for a week, for a day, for three sessions, whatever. And and we went out of our way to make these sessions happen. But these guys, they all do it every week. Yeah. You know, they all get out of there. They make an effort to show up. And help would, each other be better exactly. in, together. So so that's... It's fun to see because it would be easy to say that they're just lucky that they get this session every week, but it's not luck. Like they make it happen and they it's it's not that easy to get there. So they, they get there, they do the hard work and they go back home and it's it's nice to see. I think. And when you speak of commitment, like Lucinda bought a house right around that forest. Yeah, you because know, the drive for the, her was too long and yeah, so she bought so a house. So she bought a house there and now she lives there. So, so you know, you talk about commitment to your craft and there, that tells a lot. So. Yeah. No, so it's pretty, pretty f- inspiring to be around that and fun to see that side of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So training went well. Training you were, you were not exactly on Lucinda's level, but really not too far. Not too far. Considering like it's your first time on that course and all that, it was a good... It was a good uh, warm-up kind of like to see where you're at uh, before the weekend. So we had really good hopes for the weekend. Um, and we've done that race last year That's as uh, it was a French Cup, so lower level race. But we, so we were comfortable with the area and the course. Um, and so how, how did that go? Not great. Um, I, did, I should have collected my thoughts before. Um Yeah, I mean, I think as David said, I felt much better this week if we compare to last last week races. I felt better. I was adjusted to the jet lag. My la- my legs felt good. We had some good training. So I had everything to, you know, everything was there to perform well. Um, and I didn't perform well. And honestly, like, there's... I don't really know what to say because I could speak about it for a long time, but there's not much to say, you know? I think I kind of... I don't know where it comes from. Sometimes I I wanted... I feel like I wanted too much and I just don't... I get... Let's say it that way. I just couldn't get out of my own way in the race. And so I was for the first two laps maybe people were passing me left and right and I was not reacting I was just like letting 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 everyone go by I was stuck in my head um I was completely pinned like my heart rate was at 190 like 
closed, but I was not moving at all. Like I couldn't accelerate. I wasn't wa- breathing. Also the watts were at 190. Exactly. <laughs> like I was just not putting any power, just like stuck in my head, fully pinned like a like a junior. And I, I shouldn't even say that because that's an insult to the juniors, like a total turkey with no head, basically. So eventually, yeah, I eventually I got... I realized and I was able to finish a little bit better and I finished 14th in the end, like passing people in the end, but it doesn't really matter because I had thrown the race away already. So pretty disappointing with myself, disappointed with myself. Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's also the beauty of sport, you know, like if it was easy and if it was easy to win every single time or well then it wouldn't be challenging and it wouldn't be rewarding at mm-hmm. the end and so I think that's that's it's it's hard because it sucks you know you put everything you have and you're like oh I really want to do well I have good opportunities and then you you just don't perform to the level that you can you don't honor your training you don't honor what you're capable of and so you leave this place with a bit of a sour taste and like a unfinished business kind of feeling uh when you leave the venue but also at the same time like we we're i mean we're hard on ourselves we have pretty high standards you know we don't come here to fuck around and finish 20th at the world cup and 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 no offense to anybody who's finishing 20th in the world cup it could be your best result to be honest it's not even it's not a position it's just about we're here to give our best effort every weekend and And it feels like a waste of time when i don't when i don't perform to my highest level and that's the frustrating part. That's exactly. And there's like, we, we talked about it a bunch and we're trying to reflect and, and we're listening to Chris Paul's book right now, NBA player, the oldest in the league right now, I think oldest I, player. I think LeBron and maybe is LeBron's older. a little older, but yeah. he's about f- almost 40 years old and he's still playing at, at the highest level of his sport. And he mentioned at some point, like his, his father, his coach when he was young would never let him play with the net lowered, you know, with the the basketball net lowered or the Fisher Price version that's like not at 10 feet, it's at seven feet or six feet or whatever. And so, it, and I think, again, no disrespect to anybody or anyone, but for us racing in North America, it's kind of like racing with the net two feet lower. You know, the truth is you've won 100% of the races you've started on the North American circuit, except the World Cup, but the World Cup is a higher level. All the Europeans are there. And so you were not challenged um well, not not challenged at all in North America, you know? I, and so by not being challenged, we can we get we can get comfortable and we don't know how we're going to react when we're going to get challenged. So we said we were ready to, well we were breaking news, we were not going to come back to Europe after last year. Last year we sold all our stuff yeah, in we Europe. Said it, we said, you know, it was fun, that was it, we're not coming back. We came back cuz you wanted to be challenged. So yeah. now we're here, we're being challenged. I think we need to adjust to a new height of the net. And you I know think the net's a little higher. That's what we I need said to yesterday adjust. like and and we're, you know, we're ready to move on and adjust to the new height of the net. And and I think it takes a little, just a little bit of time maybe to get resettled, which always sucks, you know, because it's like, basically, we're doing one full season in North America, we come here and, and, and start from scratch, because it's just so different. I think but, the main difference for me is, as you said, it is the challenge. And I think I tried to say that yesterday. <laughs> but it that it's... 
I need to, it's not, it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. And I need to get that in my head that it's not going to be comfortable. I'm going to be like, every, I, I'll have to fight for every single minute of the race. And I might not, I'm not going to, yeah, it's, it's just never going to be comfortable and I'm not going to be in control. And I think that's a main difference where that's how I get a little, I got a little bit overwhelmed. Like in North America, the start happens, maybe like we mess around for a lap and then, but I always, this season, I've always felt in control. There was no moment where I felt like, oh shit. And it's going to require the best of me today. Yes. Like the truth is we showed up to these races the night before, trained 20 hours in the week and, you know, not, and I think not trying to peak and you're still in control. So, but yeah, but not at the world cup. Like yep. yesterday, <laughs> yesterday it started and already it was go like from the start, it was super fast and I was okay at the start, but then suddenly like people were starting to pass me and I was already full gas and I was like, Oh, I kind of choked. Yeah. I kind of like panicked a little bit and got overwhelmed and, and I've been in that situation before. Like I'm not 20 years old, like I'm 30 and I've been there before. So that's why I'm like more mad at myself because I should have been able to like manage that better and quicker. And I didn't, but I think it was a really good wake up call that, okay, like this is the game that that's what we're playing and I need to be more on it. So I think ultimately like it sucked. I was super mad. The car drive back home was not fun. Um, but I think it's a, it was a good slap in the face that I needed to step my game up for, for the next, for the rest of the season. Um, so I think maybe in the end, it's a, I don't want to say it's a good thing would have been better if I managed it better, but I think sometimes when it hurts, it's a, it's a good thing. So, so that's your Trois world cup. Yep. Not exactly how we wanted it, but that's how we got it. Yeah. And that's what it is. Exactly. And so. I mean, I'm happy because already, like we said, we're going back Wednesday to the training. I'll be challenged there. It's another chance to like see how I react when I'm challenged. And I got pretty challenged by our three hour cold ass rainy today. ride this morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like we, we decided we would not, I have, sometimes I, I want to feel sorry. I feel bad, you know, for longer, but it, we have no time for that so it's just like yeah now today we woke up we, we did a big training everything's good we're focused on the next one and learning the lessons that we learned and now like going to the next one so yeah that's the recap as honest as we could sorry i was babbling a little bit it's just i didn't know how to put it in words but yeah that's what it is basically i got stuck 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 in my head uh, I had my head up my ass. That's maybe how I should say it. On some things that were brighter this weekend, there's a lot more North Americans. And so it was fun to see a bunch of familiar faces at the race. We had a little compound of um, of the, the our North American family of racing, if you will. So it was good to see them uh, at the race. I think they're going to be in Dublin, everybody, next weekend too. So we'll see them there. Yes, we're headed to Dublin next weekend. There's a World Cup there. And another positive was, I mean, the course was super fun. I think it made for a fun race. And the, f 
the the fans in France are really cool. Like there, there's a passion in France that you really only find in, in France. France. Exactly, and yeah. and that's pretty fun to be part of, especially if you speak the language like we do. So it's always always fun to to be part of that. And you know, sometimes we talk about the different the scenes over here in in Europe and in North America. And in France, it's similar to North America where on Saturday... Family-oriented more. Exactly. Yeah. On Saturday, they had races all day for amateurs and kids and everyone. So, and then the next day, all of these people that raced, they stayed to watch the World Cup. So that was, that's like a fun, fun thing that, yeah, just thought I'd share. Another highlight is the French have really good pastries and bakeries and all that stuff. And I last year, I ran to one of the bakeries the morning of the race and grabbed the, some lunch for after. And I remembered the name of that bakery. And so this year, I went again and grabbed some of that uh, bread and pastries and things for after the race and even for this week. And it's so nice to eat a good slice of bread. The The bread around here in the, in the Netherlands area is... Very subpar, <laughs> very, very, very average sliced bread. We found better bread at a Belgian gas station than yeah, we did in the in, Netherlands. In the Netherlands. So far. At a bunch of when we tried a bunch of bakeries and like we rode to bakeries 30k away that were supposed to have nice bread and and I bake I bake most of our bread at home where we have this really good world renowned bakery that's like eight kilometers from our house and so we'll buy from there when I don't have time to bake but. I would say we're pretty we're fancy. Looking. You know, we're pretty fancy when it comes to bread. And so we got some nice bread this weekend. So that was exciting too. True. And last highlight, um, Lucinda brought a gift for Mia. <laughs> so last week, last year when we left, uh, we brought, we get, we had some toys over here for Mia that we gave to, to her for her dog, George. And apparently George loves them, so he's been playing with them. So this week, uh, when she came to France, she bought she brought two Christmas toys for Mia. Um, so that was super nice. So yeah, I mean, as much as the race wasn't good, it doesn't mean that we, that the weekend sucked. You know, uh, it was still it was still a good weekend. And now that's it. I think for this episode, we have one more question. Yeah, the question was. Um, What bike bag do we use and how we pack our bikes? It's a very random question that doesn't have much to do uh, with the racing this week, but it kind of does because we're flying to Dublin. So we'll be using these, these bikes and I'll be packing the bikes in a couple of days for the race. So I'll let you, I'll let Dave stay how we pack them. Um, but we use we? the... Yeah, that because he packs them. I just add all my shit in it after. <laughs> but yeah, we're using Evoc bike bags. Yeah, so we use, so Evoc makes a few different ones. Uh, the ones we use the most are the XL Evoc bike bag. They're a little bit bigger. They're a little bit wider. The airlines will still accept those, no problem. They still look like regular bike bags. Um, but so there's there's a whole, like if you go on the Evoc website, there's a whole description of how to pack your bike uh, using everything that's in there. For us, I use it a little bit differently Um, mostly because we always travel with so much stuff. Like when we come to Europe here, we ship 250 pounds of stuff ahead of time and we flew with 
another bike that weighed 30 Listen kilos. Listen to last week's episode to know everything we, we yeah? got. Yes, okay, we went so, through the whole so, so, I mean, we just fly with so much stuff that I take I take off uh, I, in the bike bag. I take off. There's these blocks that you can sit your bike on. There's these plastic rubber blocks that Evoc provides. I take those off. Um, I use just foam insulating tube. You can buy those for 50 cent a piece at the hardware store. I put those on on every tube on the frame. Um, I take the rear derailleur off, and we're very very thankful that Mag's bike or, or saddle height at the height that she rides it fit in those SL bags. I don't have to lower or take the saddle off, and the bars also fit when you just turn them sideways. You don't have to take them off. So it, literally so, so it takes, takes like me about five, two, five minutes, minutes, you know, yeah. to pack the bike. Um, in these XL bags, I can actually put two frames and two wheel sets. So two complete bike in one bag if, if there's only that, because that kind of reaches the limit of the weight. But easily you can put a bike and two wheel two wheel sets. So what I do is I put the rear wheel in the in the pocket. There's wheel pockets outside the bike bag. So I'll put the wheels in the the rear wheels in these pockets because they have the cassette on. And then I'll put the front wheels in wheel bag around the frame in the main compartment. So that's how we pack them. If um why if I have to pack for this weekend and I, maybe I'll pack two frames in the one in one bike bag. So what I'll do is we have these adjustable width bars from Canyon. So you can actually adjust how wide you want your bars. It's it's in three pieces. And you can we can just take the hoods off basically. And and that's so that leaves us with just a stem uh, out front and then dangling levers that are easier to move around in the bucks. So that's how um I never do it anymore, but I used to, I have done it before. The one thing I'll say, don't forget your tool. So after you've, after you've done unpacking the bike, after you've done unbuilding the bike to put it in a bag, make sure that all the tools you use, you put them back in the Evoque bags. Usually and you it, left your seat post I was just in the say, repair stand. <laughs> yes. So also check to make sure you didn't leave the seat post in the repair stand. So that's, that's, the, that's my two cents. Um, we've done that mistake before. You don't want to do that mistake. <laughs> and a pump to pump your tires or anything to pump your tires because sometimes at the airport, they're going to ask you to deflate the tires. So just make sure you have something to pump them up when you get to your destination so that's how we pack the bikes everybody thanks for listening thank you again to lactigo and don't forget you can go to lactigo.com slash muddy to get your free bottle of lactigo free you're only going to pay the shipping so thank you to lactigo for providing that so lactigo.com that's l-a-c-t-i-g-o.com slash muddy or just lactigo.com and use the code MUDDY. So, thank you, everyone. It's free. It's better than any... Free. Any Cyber Monday, Black Friday week, mm. b- weird deal that you're ever going to find online. It's free. And that's it. Next time we speak, it will be after the Dublin World Cup. So, if you have questions, send them our way to david at magalierochette.com or on Instagram. And that's it. Thank you, everyone. Have a good week. Mm-hmm.